Chapter Four of Little Stories of Married Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Little Stories of Married Life by Mary Stuart Cutting. In the Reign of Quintilia as mr nichols sped on his homeward way to the suburbs by boat and train the abstraction which the clerks had noted grew upon him at forty-six his leonine locks streaked with gray the comfortable solid prosperous father of a family the president of one corporation and member of heaven only knows how many governing boards mr nichols was in love deeply and irremediably in love with his youngest daughter an infant of parts she was the sixth child, not the seventh, whom tradition surrounds with the mysterious opportunities of good fortune. She was, moreover, the fifth girl in unbroken succession, and her father, like many another man in like case, had not even looked at the baby until she was nearly a week old, only to fall a victim to the charms of the little warm, helpless being after he had once held it in his arms and felt the tiny rose-leaf fingers close over one of his as he gazed intently at the face with its miniature features the blue eyes suddenly opened and gazed at him unwinkingly for a space of seconds then the lids closed over them peacefully and a long sigh issued from the parted lips in its reflex breathing giving the indication of a ridiculous dimple at one corner of the mouth when mr nichols looked at his wife who had been observing him they both smiled with a tightening of a new bond of affection between them pretty nice sort of girl isn't she he remarked as he handed the child back to the waiting nurse and when he went downstairs his wife heard him whistling a tune that had been a part of their early betrothal days and hid her face in the pillow with a happy glow on it although she was a staid and respectable matron it was noticed after this that mr nichols contracted a habit of coming in each night and gazing at the child intently when he thought himself unobserved and that he seemed to derive great and increasing satisfaction from the perusal as the baby grew older her face lighted up for him as for no one else and before she had reached her present age of two years they were sweethearts indeed with a passion on his part which made it unbearable pain to him if she bumped her head or pinched her finger how is quintilia the voice of a near neighbor arrested mr nichols attention a slow smile overspread his countenance at the mention of the beloved name with which the doctor had playfully christened this fifth girl to the exclusion of her lawful cognomen oh she's all right at least i hope she is to-night she hasn't been very well for a couple of days it's bothered me a good deal my wife says that she grows prettier every day continued the obliging neighbor mr nichols beamed she does i'm coming home a little earlier tonight to see how she is her mother usually keeps her up for me when she is well he could not tell how much he hoped against hope that she would be up and looking out for him he knew so well how the little lovely white thing with the starry eyes and glinting curls would run to the stairway in her nightgown and sitting down on the top step 
with all the delicious fluttering and sidling motions of her babyhood would thrust her plump bare pink foot up against his rough cheek with the delighted cry of papa kiss a footy kiss a footy papa then how he would mumble and kiss that darling foot and pretend to eat it finally snatching the adored baby in his arms laughing and struggling to cuddle close to him when he pressed her to his heart with the infinitely tender gentleness of the strong as he carried her to her crib and laid her in it his wife was always there too watching him with an indulgent smile all love between them seemed to have grown deeper since it merged in this sixth child whose advent had called forth a large offering of honest condolence from mistaken friends and who had brought a joy which at first the parents decorously nay guiltily concealed to revel in it almost indecently afterwards the novelty of the first-born a boy had hindered complete enjoyment and with him as with the four girls who followed close after it was a matter of such supreme importance that all the small rules which govern the infantile world should be strictly observed even as a young woman mrs nichols was a serious and conscientious mother who read all the literature bearing on family health and education the infants were trained with adamantine firmness from their birth and as they grew older mrs nichols attended kindergarten meetings where the child was meditated upon with deep graspings of the intellect and also painstakingly sat through recitations mixed with exasperating calisthenics in the higher schools in fine she so ordered her days that when pussy-cats were under discussion in the morning classes to which ethel and edith belonged she could still lead their thoughts intelligently pussy-words in the afternoon besides holding the fourteen-year-old stan to that hour's exercise in spelling which was also like an exercise in breaking stone to the higher rule quintilia promised from the first to be an exception she made her own laws when she lifted her little arms to be taken up it was not in the heart of mortal to resist her food was given her when she cried for it and for the life of her mrs nichols could not always combat the temptation to hold the dear little clinging form in her arms with the damp head and its thistle-down curls nestling on her shoulder and rock and sing her baby to sleep in the old-fashioned way no i don't think she's any worse mr nichols's wife had met him at the door with the peaceful kiss of possession before reassuring him for the non-appearance of quintilia she was a woman of medium height rather stout with somewhat large features a fresh complexion thick black hair brown eyes and an expression that was at once pleasant and capable the heart of her husband trusted in her implicitly and her tone was a relief to him what did the doctor say he thinks that it's only a cold but she must be kept very quiet the nurse came this afternoon but she doesn't seem very what is it miss candy mr nichols looked up at the stairs and his tense gaze involuntarily softened a pretty girl in a blue and white cambric uniform appears to most men as an angel of healing this one had large and appealing eyes and little brown fuzzy curls in front under her white cap there was a slip of paper in the hand held forward would you kindly have this prescription filled at once 
i forgot it when you sent out last certainly said mr nichols with alacrity i've got my coat on i'll go for it now oh thank you and would you mind bringing home some alcohol i think there ought to be some in the house there is a bottle of alcohol interpolated mrs nichols i'm so sorry but i just tipped it over accidentally would you please send one of the maids to sweep up the broken glass thank you the vision of the pretty face supported mr nichols but insubstantially while he waited half an hour in the drug store in contemplation of a deserted soda fountain fly-specked packages of brown headache cure a white and bony array of toothbrushes and some open boxes of flabby cigars in a glass case under an electric lighter a suburban drug store is not exactly an enlivening spot and he was to become fatally well acquainted with it in the next few days tonight he went up and looked at the baby on his return she was asleep with cheeks flushed to a beautiful rose she was breathing very hard but still she slept with her head thrown back and the soft rings of hair spread out over the pillow the curves of the little round body were carved out in the white bedclothes the light in the room was shaded and the nurse sat by the table under it writing out her official report with a gold pencil held in her taper fingers but his wife sat and watched the child a sudden ache invaded the man's heart is she all right he whispered his wife nodded oh yes doesn't she look darling but mr nichols did not answer the nurse came forward and smoothed little quintilia's pillow professionally she seems to take an interest he whispered to his wife as they left the room he felt the tenderness which a good man has for a young girl who has to earn her own living she is somewhat on the same plane as himself and it is a state of being of which he appreciates the difficulties he realized that his wife's silence was distinctly unsympathetic the children were very noisy that evening without their mother's presence in the hour allotted them before bedtime the youngest lulu who was next to the baby was seven years old a stubby chubby black-haired child with that genius for saying the wrong thing in the wrong place which is a mother's woe as she climbed on her father's knee tonight she kept saying quintilia's sick father quintilia's sick do you think she'll be worse tomorrow father she grinned at him pleasantly showing a mouth with three front teeth missing mr nichols resisted a strong impulse to set her down forcibly his attitude toward lulu was a continual reproach to him he knew as his wife often reminded him that lulu had been his pet when she was a baby he knew that he really loved her and that if she were ill his fatherly affection would assert itself in the utmost care for her but now her presence in rude and awkward health annoyed and irritated him beyond expression if quintilia dies i'll be the baby for shame lulu said the eldest girl christine who had her mother's own gentle manner you mustn't talk like that ethel and edith don't make so much noise they can't go to bed father dear until ann comes back she's just gone to the village for something miss candy wanted miss candy is awful pretty said the bounding lulu stan waited by the stairs tonight to see her come down 
she calls him mr stanley and he's been going errands for her all the afternoon and he put on his best jacket i didn't blurted stan with a very red face regardless of the chorus of horrified oh-hos from the rest of the children well if i did it was because the old one was torn if quintilia dies i'll be the baby lulu reverted to the first idea stan cried shut up will ya and threw his book at her being a boy on whom years of training had had no appreciable effect but christine came and put her arm around her father's neck and kissed him with her soft braid of yellow hair falling across his shoulder and he pressed the little comforter to him fondly anxiety about quintilia had grown by morning mrs nichols came down to breakfast in a brown cambric gown with her hair brushed severely back from her forehead and hurriedly drank a cup of coffee the tense expression of her face which she strove to render cheerful took some of the charm for mr nichols from miss candy's curls and crispness he left the house with a load upon him which grew heavier and lighter heavier and lighter with rhythmical regularity as hope or fear predominated nearly a week passed and still the baby's life hung wavering in the balance the president had come downtown every day looking grayer and quieter each morning he came to the office mechanically and attended mechanically to the business that had to be transacted he was dulled to a strange and abnormal gentleness both there and at home he thanked those who performed the usual services for him in the office with punctilious politeness the children at home went unreproved by him the chatter of poor little lulu had ceased to irritate although it occasionally gave him a spasm of pain they were nothing to him mere simulacrums of what had once power to please or displease even stan did not come in for the usual disapprobation on the dirty hands the slouching walk or the uncouth expressions which characterized him to mr nichols his wife was the only real person in the house and there was but one thought between them the thought of quintilia the mother worked untiringly while miss candy curled her hair and wrote interminable reports and stood in charming professional attitudes when the doctor was present and sent the household individually and collectively for belated prescriptions and bottles that were just out and glycerin and boracic acid and camphorated oil and disinfectants and oiled silk and medicine droppers and rubber water bags and absorbent cotton and whiskey and malted milk and biscuits and candles and lime water and all the various foods so chemically prepared that they are warranted to be retained by the weakest stomach and of which no invalid can ever be persuaded to swallow more than the first teaspoonful the doctor studied miss candy's reports patiently composed from memory with an imperturbable face and questioned mrs nichols closely afterwards mr nichols as a mortal man still derived a vague satisfaction in her presence although he spent his tired evenings in going errands for her she looked so pretty that he always felt as if quintilia must be better sometimes he was allowed to sit by the child while his wife took a short rest he knew most humbly his deficiencies in the sick room 
by some ulterior influence when he moved fire irons fell over bottles broke papers rattled his shoes made an earthquake whatever he touched creaked he would sit in a rigidly quiet attitude until his wife returned with his head on his hand watching the little pinched face the half-closed eyes listening to the breathing the rise and fall of the little chest oh god the hours by a sick child a night came that was long to be remembered in the nichols household a night of ringing bells and shutting doors and hurried running up and down stairs with the scared children in their white nightgowns peeping out of the bedroom door after their tearful prayers for little sister in the small hours the doctor's steady tread could be heard in the sick-room or on the landing where he came to give brief orders mr nichols sat on a couch in the wide hall outside the door sometimes his wife came from the sick-room and sat down by him for a few seconds and they were together in an anguish of dreadful love when she was gone he remained with his head on his breast thinking he thought of the years of happiness they had had he thought of the beloved sleeping children around them and of honest clumsy stan and troublesome inconsequent lulu with special tenderness he thought of all the blessings that had been his it was as if life were brought to a close and he humbly confessed to himself the unfaithfulness of his own part in it his faults of temper his neglect of opportunities to make others happy he might have been drowning his gaze brought back to land once more questioned those who passed him in the hall miss candy went by once with red eyes her cap pushed to one side and her pretty hair all out of curl she did not even see him as she passed father dear he looked up it was the little eldest daughter of the house christine father dear i can't go to sleep and i've been lying in bed so long she sat down beside him and slipped her hand into his her blue eyes had the depth that comes from lying awake in darkness i'm thinking all the time of baby mayn't i stay here with you father dear i want to stay with you so much yes my darling he took the steamer rugs his wife had left beside him and wrapped them around the woman-child yellow braid and all and they stayed there together once she whispered you're praying too father dear aren't you i feel that you're praying and he held her closer and whispered yes by and by she fell asleep and he held her still the first streaks of dawn filtered through the rooms strange to those who sat bound in darkness and the shadow of death a household prepared only for the night then an electric current seemed to run through the breathing souls in it the doctor came out in the hall and said she will live a door opened farther down one flash to another she will live the message flew from lip to lip from heart to heart the returning breath of the little ruler of the house revivified all within it the awakened children ran out for a moment to whisper the gladness the servants stole down the back stairs to clatter in the kitchen and make preparations for an early breakfast one could hear the cocks crowing and the sunshine grew strong and gathered into a long bar of light quintilia would live 
you may come in and see her for just a minute said mrs nichols to her husband leading him in as one leads the blind he fell on his knees by the bed awe-stricken was this the little rosy darling of his love but she would live she would live as he looked the eyes opened recognizingly there was a faint roguish smile on the beautiful lips and the faintest movement under the bedclothes she wants you to kiss her foot said the divining mother just hearken to the voice of himself in there said ellen the waitress as she came into the kitchen from the breakfast room he says you're to make some more coffee for this isn't fit to be drank oh he's ragin he's sent lulu from the table for spilling her milk and the boy's not to play golf for a week on account of the dirty hands of him the poor child and he's got miss christine crying into the porridge telling her how she ought to look after her little sisters better oh he's the holy terror the morn and herself not downstairs to quiet him take your time with the coffee anne sure he'll murder me when i get back the poor man said the cook indulgently pouring out a fresh installment of the fragrant brown liquid into the coffee pot tis the way with em all sure tis drunk with sorrow he's been what can ye expect the big sobs was ridin him when he come from the child's room early and sure he's got to take it out of somebody run you with the coffee now please don't go downtown today his wife implored him afterwards you look so horribly tired stay at home and rest she put her arms round him tenderly feeling that now was the opportunity for the happiness of mutual thanksgiving and he unconsciously pushed her away from him as he answered nonsense there's no reason why i should rest she smothered her disappointment at his rebuff you won't be any good at all at the office i know you have a dreadful headache go upstairs and lie down in the blue room for a while and nobody will disturb you there well he gave a grudging assent the blue room was white and chilly and unlived in the stiff pillow shams rattled down off the pillows as he touched them he liked his own room his own bed the light glared down from the windows but it was a place where he could be let alone without those eyes continually waiting upon him to see how he felt after his debauch of misery all feeling was nauseous to him he lay stiffly on the cold straight unaccustomed bed and looked with burning eyes at the pictures on the wall gradually the rack in his head slackened a little his eyelids fell shut he discerned the far-off approach of a blessed ease the door opened and his wife came quietly in unselfishly remembering his needs in the midst of her own fatigue she had brought a warm coverlet to throw over him she lowered the shades and went softly out again taking with her every atom of the peace that he had begun to wrest from a torturing universe the younger children talked in the hall he heard them say don't wake father hush don't talk so loud then lulu screamed and someone came and took them away forcibly ellen the waitress knocked at the door to say that the man had come for the gas bill and would he pay it and miss candy came afterwards professionally with a cup of hot broth which she thought he had better drink then mr nichols rose up and took a bath and shaved and went downtown 
that day was long remembered in the rooms of the electrographic company worried heads of departments consulted together scared clerks went hurrying hither and thither mistakes were routed out abuses which had the sanction of custom sternly reformed lapses from punctuality clinched by new and stringent rules there was a large arrearage of his own affairs to be attended to by which he had lost money the intellect of mr nichols revolted fiercely against the sentiment to which it had been subjugated he saw every fact at last stripped bare as the afternoon waned and the rush of business was over mr nichols leaned forward over his desk and tried to make up his mind to get up and go home he was weary that blessed assurance that he had longed for so unutterably yesterday was his yet it seemed no longer a new bliss but a fact that he had always known the pendulum had been set swinging so hard toward the extreme of grief that it could not at once reverse its motion and swing toward happiness he felt indescribably worn indescribably old there are times in all lives that are safely passed through but take something out of one which no after delight can put back again some of those delicate sinews are broken which make the unthinking strength of youth in his sickness of soul mr nichols sought mechanically for some bright ray in the gray around him something to bring back his accustomed pleasure in living quintilia's recovery his wife children friends success even dinner all were but words in this gloom of effort he half drowsed off some fleeting wave of a dream showed a spot of light before him it grew larger and larger and with it a figure grew also until it was plainly revealed the figure of the sixth child a lovely rounded thing with starry eyes and thistle-down curls dimpling and laughing and thrusting a delicious little pink foot in his bearded face he could hear the baby voice crying papa kiss a footy kiss a footy papa a foolish smile overspread the countenance of the president of the electrographic company in the rapture of love he forgot that he had been disloyal even for a moment to this sovereign joy end of chapter four recording by james k white chula vista